Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute radio. Oh, and look what's happened. It's another NFL season, isn't it? Week one, done and dusted, and that means it's another season of Rock and Roll American Football. I'm Jay Lawrence, and uh, this year... This year, Carter may may not be joining us at some point throughout the season, depending on if he's available to. Uh, instead, what we're going to do is we're going to have almost, the way that I'm describing it, is just the Rock and Roll American Football is basically going to be a pub that you're welcome to join in. Uh, and if you're available, you can come in and, and talk NFL with me. And today, who wants to, to come and <laughs> have a pint at the bar? This analogy is really bad. Uh, Cameron Hogwood from Sky Sports. Uh, what is your tipple? I'm more of a spirit guy. It's more of a... Oh, that's all right. I'm a Disarano and Coke, you know. Disarano and Coke. So what, I can pull back the, you know, the fourth wall or whatever and say it's about two o'clock in the afternoon and you're going for the Disarano and Coke. Are things really that bad, Cam? Yeah, they are. They are. Life's life's that tough. Life's that tough. Cam, uh, give me some life updates. What has been happening to you since middle of February 2022? Oh, wow. Um, I've been waiting for the NFL season to come back, watching my beloved yeah. Liverpool somehow capitulate over the summer. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of ironic that the Giants have won a game. I support the Giants and Liverpool, in contrast, look horrendous. But, um, yeah, since February, just been preparing for the new season, done a bit of writing for Gridiron Magazine. I'm sure a lot of people have read that. And the guys over there do a really great job. Uh Done a lot of boxing stuff for Sky Sports while we've been waiting for the new season to start. And then obviously pre-season, off-season is always very busy in the NFL, so it's kept me on my toes. Other than that, it's um, been trying to do manual labour in my new house. I'm not very good at That's why I do a writing and journalism job, because I can't do anything else. So you've been so, uh, doing boxing. Does that mean that you've been, does that mean that you've been covering the Adrian Peterson, uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, fight from the other day. Surely that's been, you know, what everyone's been talking about in the boxing world. Oh, forget AJ Fury. That was the big <laughs> fight of the year, I think. Um, I think everyone forgot that was actually going on. I think got I rearranged completely three forgot times. it was going on. Completely forgot. They, I'm sure they sold. I heard something. They sold 200 tickets and then they were just letting people win for free by the end of the oh night. And so oh <laughs> they didn't know how many people were coming. But um, I mean, hell of a knockout, to be fair. If I was a betting man, I would have put it on Peterson purely because of his like stature, like yeah. longer arms, I would assume. But no, he got knocked out, Smarter, didn't he? Smarter, shrewd. I thought he's going to have the experience of a veteran guy. Yeah, no, yeah that's it. That's <laughs> don't it. know what we were expecting, to be honest. It was one of those things where I read about it the next day. I watched the video and then I just did not think about it whatsoever after that. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, I mean, this the way that this is going to work today, Cam, is uh, we're just going to go uh, back and forth, basically, three things that basically we want to talk about, you know, week one related, it could be NFL related in general, it could be looking forward to week two, it could be anything that we want to talk about right now in the NFL, three things each, um, could be uh, the big things, could be the small things, it could even be the medium-sized things, Cam. <laughs> uh, so let's do this, and, and then there's something at the end as well, I want to do that that uh yeah we'll just we'll just see how that goes um you can start the first thing that you want to talk about after week one of the nfl after a a dramatic week of football the first thing that you want to talk about is i'm going to talk about saquon barkley and it's very cliche but as we said kind of before we before we hit record 
I, uh, I you pointed out I'm wearing my Giants jersey and it doesn't come out too often because I can't justify wearing it too often when we play as badly as we usually play. But but Sunday was a whole different kind of feeling for Giants fans. And before before I logged on, actually, I saw this video on Twitter and some fan had put a compilation together of Giants fans celebrating the um, the missing kick to win the game at the weekend like we'd won the Super Bowl. It was genuinely like <laughs> we had won the Super Bowl. And that was how long uh, kind of fan, this fan base has waited for a bit of oomph to this team. And I think just just to see Saquon Barkley reel off that 68-yard run, that alone would have been enough to kind of galvanise fans enough. He's just He looked back to, to that player we got in the first year and the player that that we kind of tried to justify using such a high pick on, even though it, was, it kind of set the franchise back so many years. But you kind of got that generational running back we were promised, even at least signs of that. He just looked healthy. And a lot of what we'd been missing with Saquon was that confidence to to see a hole and punch a hole and to make a cut and to believe he was going to have the vision and kind of the speed and the agility to, to make cuts and, and f- kind of work his way through tight corridors and that all came back at the weekend and we just haven't seen him in so long it was such a joy to see an amazing player and an incredible athlete just play out of his mind and look look happy playing football again it was just amazing to see for me I mean the Giants won 21-20 as you say it was from a, a missed field goal right at the end from the Titans and the thing that I got when I was watching that game I mean Saquon Barkley for me was the standout thing that was the exciting thing that you watched and that's what really made me think the Giants might be to an extent enjoyable to watch as well but but more than that more than anything else is that Saquon Barkley has been and I understand why he has been sort of slept on and that's because injuries have just sort of They've got to him. Ever since he's got to the league, they have got to him. It was like the Giants drafted a a running back in the first round earlier on this year, wasn't it? And that's what's exciting. I mean, you're a Giants fan. You will be wearing that jersey, uh, sleeping, you know. know, I mean, hopefully you've got many different Giants jerseys because otherwise that will be very smelly come Sunday. But, you know, it was exciting to watch Saquon Barkley play football. And at the end of the day, you tell me, as a Giants fan, that is almost more important than actually getting the win in week one? Yeah, I think that's a good point, actually. I think we, more than anything, we were looking for the performance more than result. Result is lovely because there's nothing better than getting your season off with a win, but the performance was so important. We wanted to see what this Brian Dable team would look like. And I saw a stat, it was 38 out of 58 snaps. We used pre-snap motion, which is, for those that don't know, it's just, Lots of guys running behind the line of scrimmage before the snap just to kind of change defensive schemes and try and make it more difficult for defences to read what you're going to do. That effectively what is what that does. And that was Brian Dable bringing creativity that we didn't have in the past. And there was new life to this team. And that, that was almost channeled through Saquon Barkley, who he took the focus. We didn't talk about Daniel Jones as much because of that. And I think he'll, he'll have liked that, barring that awful interception. Kind of towards the end of the game, didn't really talk too much about Daniel Jones, and that was maybe the perfect way to get this season off, where we don't focus on this quarterback who's under tremendous amounts of pressure, but we talk about a, a huge positive in p- perhaps our best athlete on the team being that best athlete again. Yeah, and from a Giants perspective, it really—I know you said it a moment ago—having that that win is is nice, 
And from a Giants perspective, that is what will count, obviously, in the long runs. But performances are key. And it's interesting as well. You're right. This is a huge year for Daniel Jones. We're not... People didn't really haven't even spoken much about Daniel Jones afterwards. It is Saquon. It is all about Saquon Barkley. Do you think that had the Titans? I mean, this is it might be a stupid question. This had the Titans scored that field goal to win the game. Do you think that you would be feeling as positive about the team uh, as, as you might do now, even if you know a kick just slightly went a couple yards the other way? Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. Possibly not. And I think because of the situation has been. Maybe we are overcooking the size of the performance because of one missed field yeah. goal. But it's natural though, it isn't is, it? I mean, it is natural. Yeah. I think because we've seen so many times in the past, I remember the Eagles game a couple of years ago where Jake Elliott walked out and made a 63-yard field yes. goal to win the game in the final second. You're like, things like that happen where you could, you're in a game, you could almost win it, but no one's ever going to remember that you almost won a game. And that was almost like this week where... Maybe you're not due a spot of luck, but something had to turn at some point and it just takes a moment like that to kind of flip momentum and you wouldn't be surprised if kind of they kicked on a little bit, even though we might not win two or three games in a row. There was enough there in that game against a good Titans team, by the way. I mean, there's enough there to to kind of suggest that there is progress being made. And that was at this point, that's all you really want because there was zero of that last year. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll move on to to what I want to, the first thing that I want to talk about uh, this week, and it's actually kind of related to that. Uh, and, and and this is all about, I mean, that week one is a, is, a, is a funny thing in the NFL, week one, because you build up for it for so long. And generally speaking, if you're a fan of the team, you convince yourself that your team is going to be decent, right? It's going to be better than the year before. There's not many times, let's, let's be honest, we're all fans. It's not many times when we think we are going to be worse than we were last year. Um, even if you're a fan of the LA Rams and they won the Super Bowl. Now, that, so, so naturally what happens is that your team, uh, well, half, half of the teams, or about half the teams this week anyway, they don't win the game. So hopes are dashed. But even worse than that is when hopes are dashed and then there's some sort of some sort of traumatic injury that occurs, which means that you are even less likely to do well looking forward. And it happens all in week one. So the two that I want to speak about in particular, uh, we'll start with the big one uh, for quarterback wise. We can we'll start with Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, who even when Dak was playing, didn't even necessarily get much going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost that game. And now it looks like he's going to be out for multiple months until around around about something like the end of November, I believe. What happens here, Cam? Because look, you've got Dallas Cowboys who every single year, they believe that they can compete. Whether or not, you know, anybody else does, it's kind of besides the point, really. They yeah. believe that they can compete. <laughs> You know, we might be looking at their, their roster being like, that isn't as good as, as last year, you know, offensively or whatever. They believe that they compete. Now they don't have Dak Prescott. They don't have that, you know, supposed, you know, exceptional quarterback on the team. You've got Cooper Rush, their number two quarterback for what is the majority of the season. What happens now? Do they go and trade for somebody? Do they just see what happens over the next few weeks? I think the initial thought that came out of it and it may be kind of one of those knee-jerk reactions without really thinking about it too much. But you, you talk about Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is over there in San Francisco. 
kind of waiting for a team to come pick him up. And the 49ers are so clever about it that they signed him to this new deal, knowing exactly what you said happens with injuries in week one, that sooner or later a team's going to come along and need him and have to stump up a huge trade offer and take on his contract. And they're going to be laughing because they've got Trey Lance and then they've got all these picks. And I could so see that happening with Dallas where, look, Cooper Rush, you can defend him as a backup, but you have to decide whether you are still competing with him, whether you're surviving with him, whether you're just floating with him and hoping other people get results in your favour. But I just, the biggest concern is you are so reliant on Dak because the roster hardly improved over the offseason. It's probably one of the least improved rosters in the league. And that was that always threatened to come back and... A trade out Amari Cooper Jerry as well, Jones. you know. Yeah. I mean, b- before they traded him, they were just going to cut him. They were just going to let him go for, for nothing. And that's your best receiver, effectively. I don't care what you say about C.D. Lamb, who who may well <laughs> become become one of the, the best receivers in the league. But we haven't seen it yet. And to, to do that was a bold move. Yeah, it's and and that when you look at Dak, I think people, I know we had the injury and injuries can slow someone down, but you're looking at the best of what a modern quarterback should be, which is uh, clinical with his arm, really can thread the needle in tight situations, really swift and slick for his progressions, a really smart reader of defenses, and also somebody who can who can threaten outside the pocket and really do damage with his legs and. You've lost that kind of dual threat. You've lost everything that you want in a modern quarterback. And now Cooper Rush comes in and your whole game plan has been torpedoed pretty much. And you look at Ezekiel Elliott and suddenly the pressure's back on him and Tony Pollard to to carry things out of the backfield, you imagine. And I think it's... Yeah. Just just going to Jimmy G, yeah. Like I know you mentioned it there before. Jimmy Garoppolo, he signed a new deal with the 49ers. Now that makes it sound like he signed a big deal or anything. No, that's quite the opposite. He's actually signed for less money to stay in San Francisco with a no trade clause as well, which means basically Jimmy G is allowed to basically pick where he goes if a team is interested, essentially. Um do you not think that the 49ers in this instance are just like, do you know what, we've done it. It's not costing us very much and it's good to have him for a backup. You know, I, I mean, what would it take for him to actually get to, I mean, we don't, we won't stay on this for long, but let's say for the Cowboys perspective, what would it take for the Cowboys to actually get Jimmy G? Because I've seen people on Twitter saying first rounder and I'm thinking, how? How <laughs> would it be a first rounder? That does not make sense to me. No, I think that's, that's probably still steep, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, I don't think you'd say that high. It's, it's really hard to say because the deals are so deals nowadays are so kind of different in terms of the trade value and the different draft picks you get. It's, it's so hard to tell. When you look at the deal Denver got with Russell Wilson, you'd look back and it's probably a given what they gave up a bargain. Well, maybe not so much after last night, but <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to tell. I mean, would you take him for a, a third or fourth round pick? If I was mm-hmm. Dallas, I'd give up a third and fourth round pick, yeah, to, you know, I yesterday. But I don't know if I don't know if they'll give up more than that. But then again, you're right. I mean, it just depends on what they how how they view their you know their second quarterback and how they view um, the next few weeks and the severity of Dak's injury because he might be able to come back November. That doesn't mean that he's any good at the back and yeah. back end of November. Do you know what I mean? Um, and just the other injury that I want to um, focus on is, and I don't think that they've as it stands right now, what is it, Tuesday afternoon? I don't think that we've got um definitive uh answer on this yet. Um 
TJ Watt is the not only the heartbeat of the Steelers' defense. You could argue quite easily that he might be the best uh, defensive player in the whole of the NFL. Looks like he's torn at his pectoral muscle. Um, you know, as much as he is a, an excellent player, as I say, that is that's just a, a blow to the mindset of any defense as well for the Steelers. Yeah, you're effectively going out there without your best player, and that's. I mean, you can look at it one of two ways where they're like, what's the plan now? Do we, do we, have we planned for this? I, I imagine you don't really plan to lose your best player. But then you look around that Steelers defence and you still think it's good enough to, yeah. to cope without him. I mean, the length of the injury, I think, what is it? Maybe at least nine weeks. Is that? Depends if he needs surgery. Longer. If he needs yeah. surgery, it's the whole season gone. Right. So, I mean, this is, maybe gets lost on people, but Cam Hayward at times, is one of the big reasons TJ Watt is so success- successful. I mean, he's a, a monster off the edge with the way he dips and the speed rush and everything that TJ Watt does. But Cam Hayward is crucial to that that defensive front. And they still have him. They still have Devin Bush. Uh, they still have enough players that Minka Fitzpatrick, when they blitz him and kind of drop into coverage, yeah. does both ways. They have, they have enough to cope, I think. But... It's just, it's more one of those injuries, I think, where you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, like you want to see the best players out playing every week. Yeah, just and from like a fan inj- perspective. You don't even yeah, need to be a Steelers fan, you know. For that injury to come when it did as well, I think it was the final minute of the fourth quarter and for it to come then, it was just so cruel. And that is, that's football, unfortunately. And yeah, you were always waiting for a huge high profile injury in week one and you go and get two and it's just cruel luck, really. And that's not even, you know, taking into account the other players, um, you, know, uh, like, uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I mean, Keenan Allen might miss some time as well. This is all just week one stuff. Keenan Allen, who must be the most unlucky person. Week one of, I, this is not the first week one that he has been injured and have to miss, miss time. Um, where are we going next then, Cam? Oh, where should we go? We'll go a bit left field with this one. I just, I put this one down late, but you might be able to talk about it more. I went Taysom Hill. And I know, uh, I know Taysom Hill is a. I'll, I'll even say it myself. I get bored of hearing people talk about Taysom Hill quite a lot last <laughs> season, especially, especially in terms of like what he does. And I used to get bored with them talking about him as a potential successor to Drew Brees, yeah, knowing full yeah. well Sean Payton never ever believed he would be a successor to Drew Brees. But I just think if we talk about Debo being the wide back, what can we call Taysom Hill? As that, can you call him? The, the tight back, where he's the tight end quarterback oh. now. I'm trying to think that of sounds, these. That sounds weird. Um, yeah, but it's the, not great. It's the, not a great name, but... <laughs> I, but I, I'm going to agree with you just really quickly. I'm going to agree with you and say that I think that I've had the same conversation about Taysom Hill every year for the past five years. Right. Um, uh, and that's And that's completely agreeing with you in the respect that, like, people have the same feelings about Taysom Hill... And it's almost like you have to, as a, as a Saints fan, like I feel like sometimes I have to defend him a bit, also knowing full well exactly what you said, that he was almost certainly never the long-term quarterback solution, as it's proved as well. You know. Yeah, I was going to say, what I was going to go on to and say was, despite that, how much it gets on my nerves, people talk about him so much, he's still there's still a place for him in this league mm. and this Saints team. And we saw it the weekend where... Like at times the Falcons just couldn't handle him, didn't have an answer for him. And that comes with getting Michael Thomas back and having 
Chris Olave and the team and Alvin Kamara and this much stronger, accomplished-looking Saints offense. You throw him into the mix, and it's it's another wild. He suddenly he's become that wild card again, where he can just do anything you want with him. If Jameis stays fit, it's a really nice kind of companion for him to have, take the yeah. pressure off his shoulders a bit, to have that just that outlet alongside Alvin Kamara and all the things you look around the league, what people do, what the 49ers do with Kyle Juszczyk and what the Ravens used to do with Pat Ryacard and kind of uh, what the Rams do with, with uh, Tyler Higby in terms of using him around in the backfield. It's just another way to, to create controlled chaos in that backfield to just to help these Saints offense. So I thought I wanted to give Taysom Hill some praise for the weekend because I thought he was good. And uh, yeah, it was a nice... <laughs> Well, nice. interestingly enough, Taysom Hill only ran, I think he only ran uh, four routes, four routes uh, at all in the whole game um, against the Falcons. Uh, Saints win by uh, a point, 27-26 and a wild finish in that game. Um, but there, but Taysom Hill also ran for 50 yards and then like a play or two later, r- ran again for the touchdown. And that's where I think that you're completely right when you say there's a place for him. And that means that there's a place for lots of other players uh, in college football who um, who maybe have specialised quite rightly, and I understand it, in one particular you know aspect you know of, of being on on a on a football field. But there, but it just proves that sometimes athletes will just they'll be such a good athlete that they can just do lots of different things you know and there's lots of talk I listened to a podcast recently actually um with uh Mark Ingram Jameis Winston and uh Cam Jordan and they were talking about uh when you grow up how they think that you know lots of kids should just like play multiple sports because they all help each other and this is a really good example of that because Taysom Hill in this instance I mean look he is one of the in wildly speaking, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the world. That does not mean that he is one of the best quarterbacks <laughs> in the NFL. Do you see what I'm saying? But yeah, like yeah. he, it doesn't really make sense, but you know, but he, he also has the athletic ability to make, to mean that there is a space, but he is not a, he, it seems like he is the unicorn. Yeah. It seems like he is the one player that can do that. There'll be a lot of other players that can do similar things to Taysom Hill uh, they just need to get that opportunity. I mean, just look at Debo Samuel for an example. You know, granted he's not doesn't have the quarterback necessarily, but he's another player that you can just line him up wherever and he can do his thing. Um, but yeah, Taysom Hill. Um, but a part of me was thinking about trying to get him off of the waiver wire in fantasy to, <laughs> for, for a tight end. Is it not a bad bad one to put on? But um, I think I might give it a miss this time around. But yeah, Taysom Hill. So, as I say, I've been having the same conversation about him for years. And I probably will in another three or four as well. He'll stick around. <laughs> He'll stick around. He will. That's what he does. Athletes are gonna athlete, and that's what he is. He's an athlete at the end of the day, and one of the best athletes in the league by all accounts. And just on that topic, quickly before we move on, the Falcons have got a quarterback turn tight end in Felipe Franks, who yeah. Arthur Smith told me last year they kind of didn't name drop Taysom Hill, but the way he, way he described they wanted to use him was in a lot of the same ways and. You get that nowadays, and the Steelers just drafted Connor Hayward, who is Cam Hayward's brother, and he is a fullback slash tight end who does a bit of everything. And you look into to Washington, and they've got a tight end uh, from Chile, Samis Reyes, and got people at least. It, it, I know we talk about it a lot athletes making their way into the NFL, but it can't be said enough that they are the best athletes in the world. It in kind of many ways, in terms of the different kind of jobs they have and. The kind of the, the versatility to 
weights and sizes in the NFL. It does, even now, like it still surprises me the difference in athletes you can get in the league and just how, how powerful and how strong they all are. Shout out Samis Reyes, by the way, went to uh, the same university that I went to, Tulane, Greenway. Um, yes. It is a, uh, it's, it is a point though. I mean, how many times have you heard the phrase, Jimmy Graham played basketball in college? <laughs> I mean, that's the go-to yeah, phrase. Chris Hogan. Jim- Chris yeah, played just, lacrosse. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think he still does, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> I think he's gone he back. He plays yeah. professional lacrosse. I think. Yeah, that is a, that is a uh, lacrosse. Never for me. Um, I once had someone throw a lacrosse. What are they called? Lacrosse bat? They're not called that, are they? Mm. Stick. Anyway, he threw one at me. It wasn't very nice of him. I've had bad feelings about lacrosse ever since. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah. I mean, that is it. Athletes going to athlete. I think that that's a good way of looking at it. And um, Hopefully, you, you, I mean, you just put loads of examples there. Hopefully, somebody else can prove that, you know, as I say, Taysom Hill is not the one-off. There are other people that can do these things. Um, you know what? You speak about, uh, we'll keep this one quick because we've spoken about it um, most of it already. But, uh, you know, what has happened as well in week one of the NFL, and we'll see it progressing as we move on as well, is we see the comebacks of all these players. We spoke about injuries. Let's look at the positive thing. There are lots of people that are coming back from injuries that have been down for, you know, sometimes some some over a season, some for, you know, the majority of last season. You mentioned Saquon Barkley. We've spoken about him. I wanna, and we spoke a bit about the Saints already, so I won't keep it too long. But Michael Thomas, great to see him back on the field. First half against the Falcons didn't quite look in sync with Jameis Winston, second half, completely different, fourth quarter really, completely different story. It looked like Michael Thomas of old, two touchdowns and some really important catches as well. Um, Great to see him back on the field, look forward to seeing him. I think it's really going to be interesting, like comeback player of the year is actually, I know we're only in week one and I know we shouldn't really be looking at like, you know, individual awards right now, but like there are lots of eligible players. You can put Derek Henry into the mix there. Yeah. You know, he was out for a lot of games last season. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, of course, uh, you know, he will, I'm sure, be relied upon as it goes down, as the season goes on with the Panthers as well. Is there anyone that you thought, um, you know, was particularly impressive or, or you're going to have your eye on throughout the season? Just trying to think of people who have come back, really. I mean, Travis Travis Etienne, I think, for the, the yes, Jaguars. Yes, of course. I mean, I don't even class him as a comeback because he never played in the first year. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, this yeah, is his kind of I guess it does year. sort of, yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm excited to see him. I mean, we saw a few glimpses of him for the Jags at the weekend. He'll be, I think I'm really looking forward to seeing him and Trevor Lawrence play together again. They're obviously incredible together at Clemson and he, he can only do good things for Trevor Lawrence's development, I think. So that's one. Saquon, we mentioned him. Uh, trying to think of as we've come back. Is there any quarterback that we've missed? There's definitely someone that we've missed and that we're going to get really annoyed at ourselves for. Um, have a look. No, never mind. Have you, are, you, are you now Googling? I'm going to Google. Yeah. You're going to Google it. Um, I'll just uh, do some music in the, in the time between. Just wait. Do, do, do. Um, I just think it's always really interesting to keep an eye on these sorts of players because sometimes... J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Sorry, J.K. J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins. What about Cam Akers as well? Yes, Cam Akers. Cam Akers. It, in fact, I mean, he did play towards the end of last season, so maybe he wouldn't count. But um, what about uh, 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 what's his name from uh, the even the other Jags player? I can't even, James Robinson. You know, James so, Robinson. Yeah, James Robinson came yeah. back. 
lots of different. I mean, to be fair, actually thinking about it, both of their running backs have just had serious injuries as well. I know that uh, Etienne's had a bit more time, but uh, but still. Um, okay, a couple more things uh, to talk about. What are you saying? Do you want me to go? Shall I go? Over yeah, one? you go. The last one I had was, and it's maybe maybe it's a short and sweet one, but I put Manning cast the the okay. Eli Manning Peyton Man. I just in an era of very boring sports broadcasting, not boring but non innovative, where it just mm. it's the same people, no real insight or views. I think the Manning cast is one of the best things that has been brought to to sports broadcasting. I just think. It's not only kind of fun that fans love, like seeing two of the most popular quarterbacks in NFL history kind of just have fun with each other, poke fun at each other, but they also give really good insight as two of the very best that have ever played the game. And I just, uh, yeah, I just love watching it. And I'm trying to think who would I like to see do a similar watch along? Because watch alongs are infamously unpopular in any sport I mean I don't I don't ever watch a watch along in sport I don't think I'd ever do it in Premier League football so I don't see why I do it in the NFL but that, that's how good it is and I'm trying to think of duos I might enjoy doing a watch along. what in the so NFL but oh, the thing is, any, is any sport really any sport I'm trying to think of any what, sport like. any sport they've got well the thing is is they have to be you know does it count it, it has to be that that informality doesn't it you know, that yeah. is key in this instance because Eli Manning and Peyton Manning, when they do it, they are obviously brothers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they you know, they, they get along as, as they are as close as anybody can be. And when it comes to I mean, not being funny, but I can't imagine that Gary Neville and Phil Neville would That's have the exactly same what sort I was of gonna chemistry. say. I, was gonna say <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine it being quite the same though, even in the Premier League. You know, I can't I that's that's the thing though, is that but this is why the NFL really works for it as well, because it gives you the space to talk about it, you know, um, yeah, in between you. plays, you know, and all of that. And, and this is where, this is where the, the brilliance of Manning cast comes out as well, because they don't, they do have those insightful moments where they talk about those sorts of bits, but then they'll also just be absolutely ridiculous. And so they talk about other stuff before it works yeah. really well. And, and I think that yeah. that will be a way that, that if they want to keep that going forever, they will keep that going forever because people watch it. And I think that it'll, it, it brings in a different audience as well. Yeah, and look, they, they, they get really good guests as well. Like last night, they had Saquon Barkley and Shannon Sharp, which most journalists or kind of media people would like die to, to, uh, die to talk to. But like, yeah, it's just, uh, it just works. And uh, yeah, I just enjoy watching it. And I just remember watching when Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg did the Olympics watch along. It's kind of a similar thing. It's just uh, just just makes sport a bit more fun again rather than the the plain old cliches that you get in most broadcasting. Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg obviously um, claimed <laughs> athletes as well. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Snoop Dogg did play a little bit of uh, football. I think he's a high school football coach, actually. Um, is he really uh, Snoop Dogg? Yeah, he is. I'm pretty sure he's a high school football coach in some way. Uh, you know, whether it's a or he helps on a team or something. Kevin Hart, he's got the height to be a you know a pocket rocket running back. You know, what he must yeah. only be about five five or something. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, what did I have to finish on? Uh, in fact, there's a, uh, just two really really quick things actually that I just quite liked about 
there's lots of things that I liked about week one. I liked how, uh, you know, the majority of the games were really, really dramatic. Like it was crazy, especially the early kickoff games on the Sunday. A couple of things was the uh, Cleveland Browns won against uh, the Carolina Panthers on the most beautiful field goal I have ever seen. Um, their new kicker, whose name escapes me, so I'm just going to have to find that out in a second. Yes, okay. So okay. the the field goal, it, it was not a short field goal, and it curled like David Beckham had hit it. <laughs> like it was, it was in, like it looked like it was going way wide. You know, it's just the way that the best free kicks do, you know, and then it curled right in. Most beautiful field goal that I've ever seen. Uh, and the second thing I wanted to talk about is Tony Romo is a, is is known for being, uh, well, obviously, a, a, the former Dallas Cowboys quarterback, but he's also known for talking, uh, he, he sometimes manages to predict what's happened, what's about to happen, right? He reads the game. I don't really think he's going to catch on this this theory that he did talk about. So Justin Reed, the safety for the Chiefs, had to take a few kicks at the weekend because uh, Harrison Butker, their kicker, went out injured for a little while. Uh, Justin Reed basically he did he scored one PAT, he missed one PAT, and he did he had some absolute booming kickoffs. One of which went just completely out of the you know past the end zone. Tony Romo, and I think he was being serious, talking about how that is almost the way forward getting a member of your team to be a kicker to do two things so if Justin Reed is good enough to be a kicker and a safety then it means that there can be more spaces available on your roster I don't think he's quite thought about injuries in that instance mm. really I'm don't, I don't think that's going to catch on I don't think he's thought about the reason they were actually in that situation which is <laughs> he got injuries <laughs> yeah and uh I mean, for one, I want to see that contract. If that's a position, I want to see that hefty contract yeah, Justin yeah, Reed gets yeah. for being able to kick and kind of pummel people each week. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's only, it, it won't take too long before people suddenly catch on to that and be like, oh, Harry Kane can make it in the NFL. You can't. Yeah. You can't. yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that easy. Like, there, there's a reason that there's a real kicking problem in the NFL where so many kickers are missing these days and it's because of it's not that easy and yeah I'm not sure did you see but you do see sometimes don't you like football players like uh, as in soccer players like uh, I remember Christian Fuchs from Leicester he did it I remember Harry Kane I've seen do it and there's somebody else as well that I've seen recently that I can't remember who it was but that was another football player they all do and they all manage it in very calm circumstances they can (laughs) get really far the only thing is and what's really interesting for me anyway, is their kicking style is completely different to NFL kicking because it's like a goalkeeper. It's, it's almost like no lift, you know, yeah. like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of strange to watch. It's a completely different style. But that said, I would quite like the England captain to try and get into the NFL in a few years time, just for the lulls, if nothing else, to be honest with you. When you love it to see him kick off and then have to tackle some Debo Samuel because yeah. he's returning a kickoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, it gives you a lot to write about. You know, yeah, so. it's an interesting one. <laughs> um, okay, so we've gone through a few things, and I tell you what, uh, we'll end with this today. Um, let's see how this goes. Let's try and do this as fast as possible. This is putting you on the spot. Okay, 
It is the week one awards. So I'm going to give you, I don't know, we'll say like 10 seconds or something like that for each answer. Okay. The week one awards starts the MVP of week one. Josh Allen. The, oh, that's a surprise award for week one. Giants. (laughs) The, I forgot they existed award goes to... (laughs) Can't say the Giants twice. Ooh. I'm afraid I'm, I'm going to say, push you on this. Weirdly, I'm going to say the Bucks because I just forgot about them. I just forgot about the You Bucks. forgot about Tom Brady? In a weird way, they were talked about so much, I kind of just filtered them out. For some reason, I forgot about the Bucks. Well, I'm going to tell Tom Brady that and he's going to wear that on his, uh, as like a chip on his shoulder. That'll keep him going. Yeah, five more people years. People forget about us. Yeah, five more years. Um, The OMG WTF award goes to... The... Or the situation, you know. I think really it was the the Bengals touchdown to to help them get to overtime. I think it was probably that one. Uh, And finally, the I've missed this award should be handed to... Um... I'll, I'll say Scott Hansen, Red Zone. Oh, what, what, that is a sweet, sweet uh, answer and completely, completely deserved to Scott Hansen and Red Zone. Uh, Cam, thank you so much for joining me on uh, Rock and Roll American Football this week. Uh, so next week, Cam, if you're available, you're more than welcome. At the end of the day, this is like a village pub. Uh, you are welcome to join us for half a pint or a Disarono and Coke. It's completely <laughs> up to you. Uh, throughout the season, we'll have NFL fans. We'll have uh, we'll have former players on. And do you know what? We'll just have a good time. That's the end of the day. And that's what NFL is all about. Cam, cheers for, uh, for coming on. Pleasure. Thank you very much. The Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio.